we never thought the wind would be this iconic sort of myth legend that it is like i've got jobs off the back of that where i'm in the middle of a song in an audition and someone got holy shit you're the wind and i'm like yeah but can i finish my song <laughs> hello and welcome to in the frame I'm your host on West End Frame, editor Andrew Tomlins, and today's guest is Luke Baker, who is starring as Zach in The Officer and a Gentleman, the musical. Directed by Nikolai Foster, the show is embarking on a new UK tour. Luke originated the role of Dean in Everybody's Talking About Jamie in Sheffield and in the West End. Most recently, he played Tony in Billy Elliot at the Leicester Curve, also directed by Nikolai Foster, who he has worked with a few times in his career. A few of Luke's other theatre credits include playing Ren in Footloose on tour. He did American Idiot at the Arts Theatre. He was a standby for Ray in Sunny Afternoon at the Harold Pinter Theatre. Link Larkin in Hairspray at the Cork Opera House. And Luke played The Wind in I Can't Sing at the London Palladium. So we recorded this a couple of weeks ago during a break from rehearsals. Sadly, there were some tech issues before we started, which cut into our recording time. But Luke and I still managed to have a lovely chat about the officer and a gentleman. Uh, We spoke about learning to say no. And if you're a regular listener, you'll know that we, of course, had to delve into I Can't Sing. Here's the interview. Luke Baker, you're in the frame. What, me? <laughs> Paint the picture. What's going on? Where are you right now? Uh, so I'm in rehearsals right now for Officer and a Gentleman. Week two. Picture me in the company manager's office uh, as we failed our first attempt at this Zoom call because uh, I can't deal with buttons on headphones and I cancelled it and it was all a mess. But we're all good now. We're all good. Luke is a sound engineer, like, in progress. (laughs) Like some sort of voice note going on, and yeah. But to be fair, you're in a mad rehearsal period learning a mad, mad role, so you have other things that should be occupying your brain. So you have have good excuse. That's very true. But this tiny little brain I've got is uh, quite full right now, so um, I think I can be uh, let off a little bit there. So how are you feeling? <laughs> Absolutely. How are you feeling? Like, we'll talk about the show and stuff, but how's it, how, what's like the mode right now in your brain? What's the mindset right here, right now? I always think it's um, cruel when people talk to me in rehearsals because there's so much going on. Yeah, there's so much going on, honestly. I mean, you, you, just to fit in everything you've got to do in this time frame, it doesn't matter whether, whether you've got three weeks or like three months rehearsals. Like, it always seems like a mad rush at the end. Um but yeah, we're on to um, act two now <laughs> into our second week. So we're just sort of working through the show and making sense of it, to be honest. Um, we're, we're all pretty tired, but that's what it is, isn't it? You know, you just keep going. And it's a physical show, like, you know, I mean, the whole show is basically training. So we're um, we're doing a bit of training, doing a bit of sort of military stuff, a bit of crying, a bit of shouting, a bit of singing. That kind of thing, yeah. But it's going really well. It's shaping up quite quite nicely. 
when it came up originally, the audition came through or whatever happened originally, did you know anything? What did you know? How were you aware of the musical? Were you aware of mm. the film? Like what was the kind of initial reaction from yourself? So um, just before uh, the Jamie transfer, I did one of the workshops at Curve for Officer and Gentleman, ah. where we were just sort of sat around a table making sense of the script, uh, making sense of the, of the music they wanted to use, etc. And that was when we had like Lucy Jones doing the workshop, we had like Sam and Bailey, Rob Compton, Jess Daly playing all the leads. And um, yeah, and it, it went really well. And we were like, oh my God, this is actually quite moving for people. And the score was amazing. George had done an amazing job. And then I sort of forgot about it. And then, um, it went on tour last time. I was busy. I was doing, you know, whatever I was doing. I was doing Jamie or whatever. And then um, when this came up, when the audition came up, I was like, I think I could do a decent job at that. But then by this point, um, the guy that played it the last time is now my brother-in-law, who wasn't my brother-in-law then, but he is now. Oh, so, that's so um, complicated, Luke. So since then, um, uh, I got married and... Uh, my wife is the sister of Johnny, who played it last time. Um, so it was like, do we go for that? Because I think I've got a decent chance because I know I know what it involves and I know that I'd be able to do it. Do I want to go in for it or what? And then when I went in for it, I was like, this sits in my voice nice. It's a good part for me. And yeah, and it was a quick casting process and we uh, got the offer like, two weeks later, something I like that. I love which, a quick casting process. I love a quick casting process. I mean, trust me, I've been through, you know, rounds and rounds and rounds for other things. And you're like, you're, once you're in your 10th round, you're like, come on, come on. Just say yes or no by now. But yeah, I love I love that. And it was good. And um, luckily I knew most of the team anyway. So it was like, you know, mostly the same team as Billy Elliot last year. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, it was good for me. I mean, <laughs> it's lucky and uh, the cast have been, they're all so good and so everyone's so different and everyone's got amazing different strengths and um, and everyone's good vibes. That's like the main thing when you start a rehearsal process that like you hope that everyone's nice and everyone's um, good and fun and easy and that seems so far so good. So we'll see, won't we? But um, <laughs> When you're, when you're really, really... on the road and those days. Yeah, wait till... <laughs> Wait till tech and someone loses their mind, um, which is like my favorite game to play. Who's going to lose their mind first in tech? Um, but um, no, it's it's all good. It's all good. I mean, it's it's a lot. I mean, I think gradually now everyone through rehearsals, one at a time, is like turning to me, going, "You've got a lot, haven't you? You've got a lot to learn." <laughs> like, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, I'd rather be busy doing a show than you know, sat in the wings and yeah, it's good. I like, I like a challenge. It's good. Cause when I first like came across you was, um, beautiful thing. Right. And obviously okay. that was with Nikolai Foster at the hell yeah. before he was at curve. So you've kind of had this association with him for a long, long, <laughs> long time. And then like you say, you came back to the workshop with this, you did Billy Elliot and you've kind of crossed paths since. And I feel like he, likes to work with some people again you know there's like mm-hmm. a little squad of people who have 
worked at Curb time and time again and done those Nikolai shows and stuff. Mm. So what's it like being back in the room with him? Like what, what what's Nikolai like yeah, to great. work with? I mean, I've I've been aware of Nikolai since as soon as, soon as I graduated, we were in touch. Um, and then um, I worked with him the first time when I graduated about two years after I graduated. So I graduated in 2010 uh, and I worked with him in like 2012, did um, all the fun of the fair tour. Um, and then I think then it was a um, beautiful thing after that, where I was like off stage understudy, which is an like interesting um, role to sort of have in, in a company because you never, and I never went on either. So it was, um, it's interesting because you learn three different parts. And when you're rehearsing it with the other offstage understudy, I'm playing three parts and she's playing two parts and you just do the whole show. And it's amazing. And it's an amazing like learning process from the point of view of, um, you know, starting out. And then um, what else did I do with Nikolai? Uh, well, I did, when when I was on tour with Footloose, I did like a, a, a season opening where they do like, um, every, I think it's quarterly, like what shows are coming to the curve and stuff like that. And uh, so I like sang a bit of Footloose there, a bit of Can't Stand Still there. Yes. A couple of workshops, a couple of things like that. And then obviously Billy um, last year and uh, and then this, this this year. But yeah, we've always sort of been in touch and even like he, he, he always, but I think some people think that like he, he sort of just offers out these things to people who knows. And actually, like, I go in for quite a lot of things that I don't get with it as well. Because, you know, there's no point in, like, I was in for Evita, for Shay. And it's like, but, it, you know, I did a good audition, but then you go, well, I'm not what you want for this. So it didn't sort of string me along for loads and loads and loads of rounds. It was like, great. It's not what we want, <laughs> which is also fine. Um, but I love working with Nikolai. It's just so easy. And people, People who I I sort of play um, I uh, tell everyone how brilliant he is all the time. I'm always like you know championing him. And then when friends or colleagues will eventually work with him, they're like, oh yeah, I get it. It's so easy and the creative process is so thorough that you're creating it, even if it's the show that's been around for years. Mm. You know, it's like it's brand new, which is like mm. all you want, isn't it, as an actor? Yeah, well, lots of people say that he works with actors in a really nice way and it's a kind of mm-hmm. creative, exciting room to be in, which isn't always the case, depending on who's at mm-hmm. the helm, right? Yeah, and it's just the the sort of, you know, the respect and the kindness and uh, the little dog in the room and <laughs> little things like that. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I've never, ever had any complaints. It's that respect thing, isn't it? You know, if if it goes both ways that, you want to work for people like that. You want to make sure that you do a good job. And it's the thing of like trying out different things as well. If you suggest something, it's never like shut down. You try it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then it's amazing. And like I've worked with directors who are just stick to their guns. This is what I want because it's what I thought in my kitchen. And that's that. And that's also fine. But, you know, I work better in the creative process rather than uh, being told exactly what, what you want me to do because... Like, as actors, we are all creative and we all can see different uh, ways of doing the same thing. And I just think it's uh, 
for me, it works better. Mm. Yeah. Tell me about the music in this show. What are you? Mm-hmm. What's like the style? What are you giving us? Are you giving us like full on legit? Are you belting your face off? Like what's going on? We're giving belting. We're giving eighties <laughs> rock. Yes. I don't do legit. I can't do legit. If you if if people are good at legit and classical singing, I love it. I love listening to it. I just can't do it. I bet you and, can fake uh, it till you make it if you had to. And I can give I can I can do my best. But like I always think, play to your strengths. And if my strength is being angry and shouting, I'm gonna stick to it, right? <laughs> um so no, um, we're giving it Bon Jovi, we're giving it nice sort of like uh, oh, I don't know what love is kind of vibes as well really soft and so yeah it's good I mean the music's amazing they, they went through quite a, a process of like selecting what music works so there's some songs where I've never heard before and some of them that are just classic Bon Jovi songs and Blondie and Madonna and things like that so it's good it's good I mean it's 80s rock mm. essentially Love it. I love it. Like, it's so, I can like, it's a, this is a cool moment. This is a cool role. It's a big show. Because mm. what, what I think's interesting and amazing about the stuff that you've done is you're this amazing character actor, right? So one minute you're playing the wind and I can't sing. <laughs> or you're giving us like a bit of Link Larkin in the next. And then, you know, you're playing that like heartthrob role. And then you're playing the angry brother and Billy. Like, mm. I feel like people haven't been able to pop you into that box yet. Yeah, I mean... I like doing different things and I like figuring out what works and the challenge with all these things, like we never thought the wind would be this iconic sort of myth legend that it is. Like I've got jobs off the back of that where I'm in the middle of a song in an audition and someone got, holy shit, you were the wind. And I'm like, yeah, but can I finish my song? <laughs> and it's like, I saw that. It was amazing. It was so funny. It's like, yeah. And like people don't realize that was me or don't realize that like, I was the dancer in the back. I was the understudy. I was, you know, I was doing all the hard, and they're the hardest jobs. And, uh, but yeah, and then Link Larkin is a completely different kettle of fish. And then the hard thing is with some of these characters, especially like Dean Paxton and things like that. It's like, how do you make people care about these characters? And like Tony as well. How do you make people care about Tony and Billy Elliot? And like, even in this, it's like, we have to make people care about me, even though I'm being, not too pleasant quite a lot so and it's like having this backstory this like heart and all that kind of thing so it's interesting um and it's a challenge because I feel like when people are coming into industry or people looking up to performance and stuff Mm. they aspire towards a certain type of role so like you want to be Mm. the leading man whatever that Mm. means you know and actually there's fun to be had elsewhere sometimes but it's really incredible when you can flitter around and do both and do a bit of everything right oh yeah absolutely i mean for me most of the better parts or the interesting parts are not the the lead you know like the it's like the friend or the the whatever they're 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 always they've always got so much complexity to them like paul's character in this paul french's character sid is really complex and it's an amazing part or like you know um, Tim Rogers playing Byron, like my father. It's they're complex and they're memorable and they're amazing. They're not necessarily the lead, but people will go, "Wow, amazing!" You know. So, I mean, 
I think also like it depends what what the show is depends like what but yeah like you say to have that aspiration of I want to be the leading man I wanted this I want that it's like well every show is different and also like you got to know what where you lie in the in the business and where you what your strengths are like if you're like a a character actor or if you just want to stand and sound pretty that's cool whatever you want to do whether you just want to dance if you want to understand if you're a swing whatever and you you have to like figure that out by doing a bit of everything I think like my my CV at the start was like so so varied like I was in this heightened RP salad days as my first professional job as swing you know like oh hello and that's just not where I'm at now in my career like no one would go oh Luke should do a heightened RP job you know but you do these little jobs and you go okay okay I like that because oh and you, you always learn, don't you? You always learn, like, different of things. Course. So, Yeah. Did you... I love asking people about when they learned to, like, say no or when they first said no. Mm. Like, did you figure out early on, actually, I need to work out what's right and what's not right? And um, Yeah, I mean, I think when you've got the power to say no, I mean, I wouldn't sort of say to a recent graduate, learn how to say no like learn how to say yes to everything for the first couple of years and then when you figure out like what what you want out of the business as well you have to be you have to realize that you're self-employed and you're in it for we're not in it for yourself that's probably the wrong way to say it isn't it but you you, we are the that's the only power that actors have is to say no and to not put yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in whether that's in an audition whether that's in the room, whether that's uh, a choreographer or a director asking you to do something that you don't feel comfortable with. And it's really, really important that we all do do that because then the boundaries are there for you. Also to speak to your agent and say, I don't really want to... Like, that's that's where I'll say no more often than... in Because in, in an audition, I've already said yes if you go for the audition, you're effectively saying, I would like to do that job. But when my when my agent calls me up and says, I want you to take for this, or can you go in for that? I'll just say no. And then sometimes they need a reason. And sometimes you don't necessarily have one. You just get a feeling like, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to do that job, or I don't want to take for that part because the casting director then thinks that that's me. And then I can then come back and say, well, I want to play parts like X, Y, and Z for like Corrie. You know, how many times have I taped for these particular programs? And then you go, well, actually, if I want to do that, I want to be this or this. And then they can say yes or no. And it's up to them, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, But, mm-hmm. you know, there's no blueprint to this business and there's no, everyone's journey is so individual. And uh, I just think, yeah, to say no is so important. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like also where you're at, change, like now you're a dad, right? Like there's other responsibilities, there's mm-hmm. other things that you have to take into the equation of how to navigate, like where you're at is always changing and evolving. That's right, yeah. I've got a one-year-old daughter now. So, you know, I took basically a year out yesterday, uh, yesterday last year <laughs> to, uh, yeah, I took a year out yesterday to um, concentrate on my family um, because that's what's important to me now, you know. And what job I do next is secondary um, because I can get a job. I can do whatever to, you know, pay the rent, pay the mortgage and, you know, make sure that 
my wife and uh, daughter are like provided for. But then you add on to the, the equation like touring, it's going to be really hard. But because she's only one, she's not necessarily going to remember. And this little sacrifice is worth missing them all week. And, you know, then on my one day off or two days off some weeks, it's going to be like <laughs> worth it for that. But then I have to go somewhere else and shout Bon Jovi into the faces of the audience in Stoke or whatever. So, you know, it's, um, but it is what it is. And this is the career that we've chosen to do. And, you know, I, like I said, I could say no and make it much easier, but this is what we do. And it's sort of the, the double-edged uh, sword with it because, you know, the, there's always sacrifices in every aspect of being a performer like you know imagine you're like a top 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 hollywood actor right now you're going to be able to see your your better half probably not that often unless you make an agreement that they come with you but then you're taking them out of their life so it's like imagine you had to you know do a worldwide press release of a movie you'd you know at one point of your life you'd say well i'd, I'd do anything for that but then you add on other commitments it's, it gets harder and harder doesn't it so yeah you know and as we get older different things different commitments different challenges come up but i think if you've got the support it makes it easy doesn't it yeah of course of course and that's it's an ever-growing ever-changing ever-evolving mm. situation listen before we wrap I've spoken to quite a lot of your I Can't Sing fellow castmates recently. It's so funny. Simon Bailey, Gabrielle Brooks, Alex Young, yeah. <laughs> Simon Lipkin. They've yeah. all been giving me like their reflections. When you when you hear about it now, sat in this company manager's office in your rehearsal room on this <laughs> kind of rainy Thursday, what what like comes into your brain? What how do you feel about that whole mad, crazy, almost out of body experience now? That was a job that when I got it, it was like, I've made it. Oh my God, I've made it. We're at the Palladium. Wow. And the creative process was like long. We were rehearsing for a while. We, you know, we, we had the job for ages as well. We were doing, we did like the Royal Variety performance before we'd even started rehearsals, all this sort of stuff. And we were like, this is going to be the best thing. And it was, honestly, I fully stand by the fact that, and if, if anybody wants to see it, I think someone might have uploaded it to YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> the whole thing. Um, but that's a different story. Um, but um, it wasn't me, by the way. Um, but um, <laughs> we, <laughs> just to clarify, we, um, the cast was incredible. And I stand by the fact that it was funnier than Mormon. It was the funniest thing. I just think the alien threw people. I think it, it went a bit far. But... The cast was incredible and we learned so much. And we were like, this is going to be either the biggest hit or the biggest flop. And it was just, it ended, they ended up spending too much money. And that's all it was. Because the show it had people up on their feet every single night. And we got to witness like Cynthia's rise. Mm -hmm. You know, we got, and you, you go through that cast now and you're like, okay, okay. You know what I mean? It was it was mega. Oh, the fact that people like Gabrielle Brooks and yourself and Alex Young were all in that ensemble. Yeah, was me wild. and Gabby understood it. It was oh my god, it was amazing. And like the thing is, with how the world works and with how life is, if that hadn't have stopped when it did, I wouldn't have got 
uh, hairspray. So I wouldn't have played my first like sort of lead outright. Lead, coming off the back of that, I got Sunny Afternoon. Coming off the back of that, I got American Idiot, Footloose, Jamie. So then it like, yeah. and I just think, and then, you know, other people, Scott Garner, uh, Gary Trader, they wouldn't have got made in Dagenham. Little thing, and you just like, and these things change people's yeah. trajectory. But I'm sure on that day so, when you got told we're closing, you were all devastated and yeah. terrified. 100%. 100%. We were like, shit. And some people got mortgages off the back of it. It was like, you know, real world stuff. Like, we, we, we've got this for a year. We're on good money. Everyone's on good money. We're at the Palladium. Life's good. And then it just, we saw the producers all line up at the back during the bows, and we were like, um, what's happening? And it's it's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. I mean, I was sort of relatively the start of my career, so it wasn't that bad. But... Listen, I could see you're being called back into rehearsals. You've got to go. Thank you for talking to me, Luke. Good luck with the tour. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Speak to you soon. All right, see ya. The Officer and a Gentleman tours the UK until the 9th of November. A huge thank you to Luke for taking time out of rehearsals to record this episode of In The Frame. Subscribe, follow, rate and review wherever you're listening. And whilst you're there, check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, for your weekly stagey catch-up. Check out Western Frame on Instagram and TikTok and I'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. But until then, thank you for listening. Listening.